Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Frackers. Today I'm joined by Yas. How are you, Yas? Uh, I'm I'm still getting over everything. To be honest, it's been a mm. long day, deadline day. I was trying to keep an eye on everything. I've been on edge, looking for Wodge and Shams and and everyone else tweets for a long time now. So I feel like mm. I'm only just calming down, um, and I'm still trying to work out exactly how I feel about how my boys did. To be fair, so oh. hopefully this this pod will let me work that out out loud. But I'm all mm. good, mate. I hear you. I'm joined by Nee. How are you, Nee? It's good, man. It's gonna be. I don't know. Um, it's good to be back, I guess, isn't it? It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a while, yeah. I'm always and doing anything stupid. So, you know, it's cool, man. I'm comfy. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and so today, this episode, we're going to be focusing solely on the trade deadline, which just happened. Uh, so if you're listening on a different day, this, that was on the 25th of March. Um, if you want to have a breakdown of all the trades and all the rumours before the trade deadline, uh, go to our Patreon page and we've got a full list there. So, And if you feel like supporting us, please do that as well because uh, we appreciate anything that anyone can offer us. Um, so we're just going to go through the teams. Um, we're going to pick out a few trades and then we're going to talk them through, talk about who got better, who got worse, um, and maybe who should have done better in terms of trades. So the first one we'll go for uh, is the Atlanta Hawks. So they were rumoured to get Lonzo Ball. We can talk about him uh, a bit later. Um, but they got Lou Williams from the Clippers. So, yes, I'll come to you first. What do you think of that move for Atlanta? Uh, I think they struck out, man. Um, that was very much a rondo like, with a lot, lot of these trades, and obviously, sort of putting the Patreon page together of rumors and this and that and links and who wants who. Um, you'd read a story like, "Our oh, team A is after player A and mm. might get player B in return." Now, I don't usually put player B there as a, a rumor because. Mm. that's not who it's about really and I think mm. Lou Williams is very much that sort of thing I think um, the Clippers as well were linked with uh, Lowry linked with Lonzo linked with Rondo in the off season just gone to be fair um, mm. and so it felt very, and they were linked with Rubio a little bit it felt very much the Clippers looking for someone who can handle the ball dictate tempo uh, pass mm. the ball around and, and run sets and, and make adjustments on the floor a good playmaker and Lou Williams was just expendable in that Available. deal, it feels like. Um, I think Atlanta did very well to... Because I think they overpaid Rondo anyway. Mm. And I think they yeah. realised that very quickly. They overpaid Rondo anyway with seven million. How much did Rondo? Not, was it nine million? Or? Seven and a half-ish, I think. Um, but for two years. So it was like 14, 15 over two years. So that's quite a lot of money for mm. someone who doesn't give a shit for six months out of nine. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, and then I think just... I think they've done well to get some assets out of it. They got a bit of cash out of it, but they also got two second round picks, which can come useful later down the line. And they mm. got Lou Williams. And look, Lou Williams is a decent player for someone like Atlanta, to be fair. They, they have a mm. lot of shooting as it is. He'll add some more shooting. Um, but to be honest, I've been wanting the Clippers to get off of Lou Williams and get something in return yeah. for him all season. So I think it was 
I don't like the picks because they don't have enough of them as it is already, to be honest. Yeah. And I know it's just second rounders, but that doesn't matter. Um, I don't love that they had to stuff up cash for it as well. But all in all, when it comes playoff time, I think the Clippers will be happy that they have Rondo and uh, Atlanta. Lou Williams isn't the most playable guy in the playoffs anyway. So I think it's, yeah. I think it's a slight Clipper win for that trade, but then you add in the, the, the picks and stuff and it, it sort of comes into a draw. And that is before sort of thinking maybe, maybe Rondo and Beverly might just decide on the first two weeks that they hate each other and mm. blow it all up because that's mm. two characters that it could very easily go that way, I feel like. But, um, but yeah. Nee, I was going to ask, like, um, obviously I think the Hawks are fourth in the East now, so you yeah. expect them to make a playoff run at least. Um, do you think this helps them? Obviously, Yas said that, you know, we've seen Lua in the playoffs come up short um, quite a few times. Do you think this helps them in, <laughs> in any way, shape or form that, like, they can maybe compete in the playoffs? Or In the playoffs, no. Um, I mean, they're not going to play Lou Williams and Trey together. No. And if they did, they'll, they'll just get played off the floor. That'd be an awful idea. Um, Rondo is better defensively in the playoffs, obviously, when he gives a shit. Um, but it's just kind of like a whatever move for the Hawks, isn't it? Mm. It's just like a body for a body. But like they've gotten a bit worse for when it comes to the playoffs. The Clippers have obviously gotten what I think everyone said they kind of needed was more creativity yeah. and someone to run the point um, and help them in the fourth quarters when things get a bit sticky for them because they come they become a bit predictable. Yeah. Um, obviously they're like a jump shooting team so hopefully with Rondo there they can run a few more sets and get things rolling and add a bit more just be a bit more mobile on the way that they score and like go does, about their business in the fourth Does the addition of Rondo make you more confident of them coming out of the West? It makes me more confident but not confident enough that um, I think they would, that, that they're going to come out of the West I think the Lakers okay. will still beat them okay. um, and I don't know, like the Clippers, I'm just not particularly feeling them that much this year, but that's for like another day to be honest, but yeah. I wanna, well, well, when we get to that day, I would love to, <laughs> I'd, love to <laughs> I'd love to. go into that. Um, okay, moving on to the next team. So the Boston Celtics were linked with a ton of people, as Yas will know and would have kept track of, um, but they ended up with Evan Fournier from the, uh, the Orlando Magic and Mo Wagner from Washington. Um, so Yas, how do you feel about these trades for a start? And then also, how do you feel about, considering the names you've been linked to, and obviously you've been on this podcast plenty of times and talking about like what type of players you need to improve this team. So how do you feel about the trades in general and what maybe what you could have done as, as opposed to what you did? I, I don't know, man. I think, I think it's a little bit sideways step, mm. um, which kind, kind isn't really what I wanted. I wanted either a, a big move or more likely just kind of a retooling and, and try and get some assets. And, and in a way, we kind of did, I guess. It, it, it's, it's a bit sideways. I'm not sure. Like, if we go through the, the people we were linked with, um, the Celtics were after shooting with size. They were after uh, stretch fours, essentially. They were after Barnes. They were after Bielitsa. They were after Grant. They were after Collins. Um, that was, and Aaron Gordon. And that was sort of the profile that they were linked to. Big mm. swingmen, number fours, who can shoot and, and, and add offensively. Vucevic as well, but Vucevic, the price always seemed a bit high, but then oh, now you look yeah. at, we'll come on to Vucevic and maybe it wasn't that high. Um, mm. And then we get Evan Fournier, and Evan Fournier is a, a skilled player. He's a skilled scorer. Um, mm. I like his game. He, we don't have any sort of um, shooting beyond 
Tatum and Brown, especially on the nights that Kemba and Marcus Smart take off. So to have like a reliable 38, 40% shooter from deep, a reliable 15 to 20 point scorer on any given night is massive. Um, I probably would have preferred Gordon at first. And I think that mm-hmm. maybe was where they were first trying to go, but I just don't think we would have been, we were able to match Denver's offer. And, and this is the thing I always had Denver as the favorites to get Gordon, which and we'll get, maybe we'll get onto Gordon next, I guess. Um, for that for that move that that happened and I always had them the favorites to get him just because they had more sort of expendable pieces that were good NBA players a Will Barton Mm. a Gary Harris um and we had the only tradable guy we really have is Marcus Smart and you there's a lot you lose with Marcus Smart besides just shooting and defending like culturally he's massive and and he's yeah, and I, and I think a lot of the stars are very close to Marcus and, and see him as a big part of the team and stuff. So I think that would have been a real bad move locker room-wise as well. And fans-wise, the fans would have been fuming. Um, but Evan Fournier for two second rounders is a good deal um, at, on the face of it. But then you look oh, at the other... He? Go on. How old? How old is he? Sorry. 28, 28, 20... Yeah, he's about 28. So okay. the problem with him, though, isn't how old is he, is how long he's got left. And he's an expiring contract this summer. 17 million is what he's just come off. You kind of assume he's going to stay around that. He hasn't. Re- he's not really played himself into a bigger contract. He might get a little bit more. I think how I feel about the Evan Fournier deal entirely depends on whether or not he signs an extension. Because if he does sign an extension um, for, I don't know, three years, 60 million or something like that, for argument's sake, then we've got a talented scorer for three years, three and a half, um, off of two second round picks and we've used that Gordon Hayward exception traded player exception because let's not forget that is what he's come into because we sent nobody out besides Jeff T to the Magic um, mm. who got waived sorry Jeff um, <laughs> <laughs> and he just poor Jeff was just coming into form he had two really good games mm. he had two really good games and now he's got waived <laughs> I'm so sorry um, but if he leaves then he's square one again and we've just mm. used Half of this Haywood exception, we have about 11 million left of that for the offseason. We've used half of it on a guy who's going to walk again, potentially. We could get, you could do cap gymnastics. You could get another sort of trade exception out of him with a sign and trade and this, that, and the other. But that's stressful. I don't want to do that again. I don't want another season like this one where we're wondering who and all. He's a good player. He's a great skill scorer. He, he really fits what we need from the bench or starting where we put smarts to the bench or something. But if he doesn't stay in the off season, I swear my attitude to it will flip completely. <laughs> and mm. It will just be like, how are we here again? Um, and then just while we're on the Celtics, because we could bring this up on Chicago, but I think it's more what the Celtics have lost than what the Chicago Bulls have gained. Um, we have got rid of Jeff Teague. We've got rid of Javon A. Green. Hopefully we guaranteed his money before he went. That would have been a nice touch. Hopefully we did. Um, and we've got rid of Daniel Tice. And a lot of people are like, why have you got rid of Tice for basically nothing to the Bulls? Um, we had to, basically. So the Celtics are in a tricky situation um, financially where they are so close to the luxury tax because there's so much money caught up in um, Kemba, Brown, mm. and next season Tatum. So the luxury tax is something that starts at 132-ish million, right? And for people that don't understand the luxury tax, Everyone says, yeah, but the owners are rich. And it's like, yes, they are rich. Oh. Luxury tax means for every dollar you pay, you like have to pay an extra dollar and a half out of your pure owner pocket. It's not like from endorsements or this or income or whatever. That's like owner tax. That's crazy. Um, 
So it's, it's, it's mad. Uh, and then there's a thing called the repeat attacks. That was the thing we were really trying to stay under this year. So that's what people really need to understand. The repeat attacks is like the luxury tax on steroids, where depending on how far over it you are, you could be spending 30 to 50 million out of your own pocket for a team that mm. might not win. And it's in a season with no fans, in a season where we've got 34 million tied up in Kemba, you cannot be playing, paying the tax for that. At the yeah. moment, if you look at our thing now that Fournier is coming, we went over the tax by a few million. So we had to let Tice go. It would have been another situation where Tice would have walked for nothing because he's earned double his money that we can't afford. And at least we got Mo Wagner back, to be honest. Like Mo Wagner is going to probably be our third choice centre. He's quite offensively skilled. I like him rather him. He can shoot it a little bit. Defensively, eh, I ain't seen a lot, but he's relatively young. I don't know for sure about the team option. He's still on a rookie deal, red tear tear. But at least we get a look at a relatively young player as our third option centre. And we had to let Tice go, which is gutting because Tice was so good for, for a European pickup um, to be a starting centre on an Eastern Conference final team. And, and a really, really good piece uh, is mm-hmm. cutting. But financially, yeah, we kind of always knew that he was going to walk this year. So at least we got something back for him. Uh, Nee, looking at the Celtics starting five now, I guess you could add a couple of men in there like for the rotation. Mm-hmm. Do you fear that team at all? No, I don't at all, to be honest. And I don't think Celtics... From you, from... you should fear more teams than you used to, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, on the Warriors and Celtics are kind of in the same boat, to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. We're both just very meh teams. Like, there's nothing special about us. And, like, I think this addition is good, though, for the Celtics because it means that they can, like, stagger the minutes between Tate and Brown and Kemba and just flesh out the roster a bit and not play, like, a complete five of absolute duds. Um, so, it should be good for the Celtics. And hopefully, maybe um, this might help them close games in the fourth, maybe. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, um, it doesn't really move the needle that much for the Celtics. Like, I don't expect them to get to the finals, no. um, the Eastern Conference finals, that is, or probably like a second round exit, or maybe even a first, depending on who they match up with. Mm. Um, I think they just got to wait until they can do something with Kemba, and then we can start talking about the Celtics as someone who might be contending. The only other thing do. I will add is getting rid of T Green and um, Tice, and only getting Fournier and Wagner back, we have a roster spot now. So for whatever that's worth in the buyout market, it's obviously something we're going to be exploring. I think we won't get any of the names that are sort of certain. Aldridge looks Miami-bound. Drummond sounds very Lakers-bound. But Mm. we'll obviously be looking in and around the buyout market a little bit. So maybe we can do something there. Okay. So moving on to one of the trades that I suppose kind of like sparked uh, all the discussion this evening was uh, the Orlando Magic sending Aaron Gordon to Denver for Gary Harris and RJ Hampton. Um, me, you are an avid Denver watcher. Um, yeah. What does the addition of Aaron Gordon do for this team? I forgot that, but you're uh, right. Nee, this might be the most Denver-friendly <laughs> podcast. We should ring Oggy quickly. And yeah, we should. Get everyone right. together. He's missing out. <laughs> We're not going to spend half an hour on why Jokic is a bad defender, even though he's not, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, this is a good move for the Nuggets, man. Um, I'm pretty excited to see Gordon with Jokic. Um, he's, a, he's a good defender. He's a more dynamic defender um, than Harris as well. And I think the Nuggets got a pretty good deal. It was almost like a straight swap almost um, with a few players and picks, but it's not really that much to give up. Yeah. Um, like he can guard on one to four. He can play the one to four. Um, he's a good, he's a pretty decent offensive player. Um, he rolls to the wing, 
um, like, I'm kind of like ropes to the rim pretty well. Um, decent shooter as well. I mean, his offensive game can be inconsistent on some nights. Mm. But to be honest, when he gets there, he's going to be there, what? The third or fourth option offensively after MPJ. So, I yeah. mean, like, he's not really a bad pickup, to be honest. I think, it's a, I think that's really good for Denver. And to be honest, if you look at them, they're not exactly a big draw for free agency. So, when someone like this with that sort of talent is available for them, they have to make the move to go and get him. So this improves them. Um, so yeah, man, this is, this is a pretty good move for them. Mm. Yes, if you take the so like the Denver team from last year, uh, with the one that made it to the to the West Conference Finals, and the team now with the addition of Aaron Gordon, which team do you prefer? I mean, you've got to see how Gordon looks. Um, before I answer that, I think Nee's point is a good one about free agency. It's like, so Aaron Gordon runs out at the end of next season, contract-wise. Mm but he's only on 16-ish million, so he's great value. And even if they have to re-sign him at a little bit of a premium, I feel like Denver is a sort of place where you'd never go there of your own accord. But if you stand, if you, if you play for a season and a half with Jokic and Murray, I feel like that's the sort of team you really would feel part of and, and could really love playing in. Um, yeah. So that would so be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, I would take this team, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think Aaron Gordon basically feels what they really, really lost in Jeremy Grant. Um, mm-hmm. And I think losing Jeremy Grant as a four and an outside shooter and a defensive sort of um, guy that you could throw at all sorts of matchups really, really hurt them this year. Um, and it's not revisionism. I was a bit worried by how they'd look even at the start of the season with that. Um, and so I think it's brilliant that he's come in, Aaron Gordon. I'd say... He's not the shooter that Grant has turned into, but I think he's just so dynamic, like Nisa, just going to the rim. When he's in full flow athletically, he's fantastic. Um, seems like a really good pro and stuff as well, like in terms of just having a bat. He seems like a good locker room guy. He mm-hmm. seems like he's competitive. Um, I mean, I think he's, he's shown up on TV high off his face a few times, but not, I don't, <laughs> don't give a shit about that. Um, but yeah, he just seems like, a, he seems good vibes, man. I like Aaron Gordon and I'm annoyed we couldn't get that deal over the line. But um, I, smart, I think, was the decider. So they got rid of um, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. RJ Hampton I haven't loved, but I mean, by the time he becomes an NBA player, it's not for years anyway. Um, and a first round pick, first round pick's not going to convey very high anyway. Yeah. Gary Harris, funnily enough, <laughs> I, there was no rumours or anything really for Harris, but when I did the sort of second half preview pod um, and I had my little Denver monologue on why I think they'll start to climb the standings, um, I saw, I speculated that they might move Harris. He's on a lot of money for what he offers. Offensively, his shot has just got worse every single year across the board, threes, free throws, um, he, and he can just lose them games on offence. Um, with wide open looks. He's not really a playmaker of any sort. He is, he, he's quite limited there. And yes, he is a good defender. He's probably the only guard they have who can defend other guards. But he's, hard, he's hardly been available. He's missed the last 20 games or something anyway. So if you get a chance to get someone like Gordon and how talented he could be and how much he might still have to grow, I think, I think Gordon could get better in a better team. Then I think Harris is a really good move. Um, 90 million was just too much for sort of a, a Tory Craig Jalux, basically. So, um, yeah, man, I think it's a really good move for them. And I, I'm surprised they did move Gary, uh, Gary Harris, but I kind of am glad they did. I, I, I pointed yeah, as one that I'd like to see happen. And I like Gary Harris. I don't think he's bad at all. But I just, 
in this team, if you're going to move anyone, it would have been him and Barton, um, and Barton's less injury prone. So, yeah, I think it's a sick move. I think it's really good. Um, yeah. And I think I'm really excited to see how they incorporate him. Millsap will suffer. His minutes will suffer. And Michael Porter Jr. had better time at the four than the three this year. Like, when Millsap wasn't in the team, Michael Porter Jr.'s usage and stats just went up. So I'll be interested to see how Michael Porter Jr. deals with Gordon coming in. Um, he Gordon's actually just the better passer and stuff than Michael Porter Jr. as well. He is still blind as a bat, but he's young. Um, but I'm interested <laughs> to see, see if they're on the floor much together. Uh, but I think it's, it's such a good problem for Denver to have now. And the other thing about um, free market, free um, agent destination and draft and la la la, Denver used the European market better than anyone to be honest so fucking if they lose a few draft picks I'm sure they could just go pick someone up undrafted from Europe and, and get yeah. another Campazzo or Kanchar or whoever it is they got rolling about but yeah I think it's a, I think it's one of the best deals of uh, of the day quick uh, question for both of you so um, Aaron Gordon's 25 Michael Porter Jr. is mm. 22 Jokic is 26 and Jamal Murray is 24 is there a team who's got like a better collective of young-ish players than them than Denver at the moment. You might argue the Pelicans, maybe, in okay. Lonzo, Ingram, and Zion. Zion but I mean, yeah. am I trying not to get wrapped up into these sort of conversations too much? Because like we've seen so many teams have like a wealth of talent who are pretty young, and like we've seen them like just fuck it up. I mean, we've got to support Arsenal in it, and we've had this like so many times, and we've seen it go nowhere. So yeah, fair enough. That to me is, <laughs> And to be honest, you just got to kind of like play for now and like kind of find that balance. So, yeah. I mean, if it means that like someone like MPJ gets traded in the future for someone that can help them win that, then so be it, innit? Mm. I think, yeah, I think it depends on where MPJ goes, to be fair. Um, I, th- I think a lot of, I think getting, they, they seem very reliant on how well MPJ does is how well Denver will do because they need that third guy. And I think Gordon's taking a bit of that responsibility off him. Mm. So that should be good. But, um, I think they get well un- underappreciated for the core that they have, especially when you sit- consider what Jamal Murray's like done in, okay, yeah, Bubble Murray, but he's, he's playoff proven now, even if it's just one postseason, which is more than you could say for players that I really like, like Shea Gilgis Alexander and mm-hmm. even Brandon Ingram and people like that. Um, and they've got the front runner for MVP who's 26 years old and, his, his, he's not Westbrook. His game's not exactly going to age, is it? Like, he's, <laughs> he is physically now what he's going to be at, at 32. So um, I think they get completely ignored, especially Murray and Jokic as well when it, when it comes to duos. Like under 30, there's no duo close to them at all. No, there um, isn't, yeah. Zion and Ingram and Tatum and Brown are probably the next ones, but both of those two haven't done what the other what Jokic and Murray have and neither of those other pairs work together as well as Jokic and Murray does so I think Denver are building something really exciting I think Gordon's a quality move for them um and like you say they've got four starters under 26 26 and under who are who are all really good um that's that's such a good thing to build on and and a lot of them are cost controlled as well and then as well you, you don't have to like Jokic is not um Zion like Zion's going to be in New Orleans for a while, but he's not staying there forever. I promise. Jokic <laughs> is like not the sort of guy who's going to leave. He will happily stay in Denver for his whole career. I feel like, whereas yeah. Zion's going to have all these sort of marketing things pointing him in the direction of a bigger market. And Lonzo, you know, he's staying now, but off season we'll see what happens because yet again, 
you know, bigger market and Lavar in his ear and look all the attention Lamelo's getting and this and the other. And then Ingram, Ingram's, <laughs> Ingram on his Instagram story saying that he New Orleans is dead. Um, so, yeah, I think they've, they've not just got the talent, Denver, but like Murray, Jokic really want to be there, you feel like, and they really care about the franchise, which I don't think you could put a price on that sort of stuff, man. Like, look at Giannis mm. now um, and how different things would be for Milwaukee if he hadn't signed that extension. So, yeah. so I think that helps as well. Okay. And that pickup that they got on for McGee as well was also a good pickup as well. And yeah. that's relieved yeah. the pressure yeah, yeah, yeah. on Jokic defensively. So... And, and also, it means yeah. that Hartenstein doesn't have to come off the bench anymore, who exactly. I'm not a fan of. I thought he was slow. I thought he'd foul a lot. He missed, he missed, misread things in the air a lot. He couldn't get, he couldn't block anything. Whereas Chevelle, even though he's been at Cleveland just doing nothing, he's still doing really well in rim protection, yeah. according to the stats nerds anyway. Okay, moving on to the next trade. Um, and I have a loaded question to ask after this one, though, actually. So, the Miami Heat have gotten Victor Oladipo from the Rockets for Kelly Olinick, um, Avery Bradley, and a pick swap. So, I want to ask you, Yaz, first, I'll, I'll ask you um, is this a good move for the Heat? One. And then, two, have Rockets now overtaken the Knicks as the worst uh, front office? <laughs> this Rockets trade is. Terrible. It doesn't make sense. I cannot believe it. Like, and I, we all knew it was going to happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Everyone apart from the Rockets, apparently. Like, Oladipo said when he went there, yeah, I'm not staying, lads. I'm probably going to leave in the off-season. I would like to go to Miami. That was, if you, that's why I went to the group chat today. And on January 10th, I was like asking Shaq how Oladipo is going to fit in Miami. Mm. I was asking him that in January 10th. <laughs> because it was so obvious that's where he wanted to be. So why would... And then, like, Levert, I thought, was a better pickup anyway. Um, yeah. He didn't have the injury history of an Oladipo. He had had injuries, but not sort of injuries where um, he's struggling to come back like Oladipo has and not looked as dynamic. Levert looked really good in some outings for Brooklyn before that trade. Didn't even get Jarrett Allen. Mm. Um, and the other thing as well you've got to remember about this, this Harden trade is like, uh, you're going to have to remind me, you can check Obi while I'm going off on one, like exactly yeah. what picks they got, because the picks could change it. Like, oh, in five years, oh, oh well, they got thingy with that pick and la, la, la. But, bro, even, um, even, even like if you take out that Brooklyn core that we all kind of turned, we turned our nose up at Levert, Dinwiddie and Allen for Harden once upon a time. And they, they didn't get... Don't forget, Ben Simmons' agent reportedly briefed Ben Simmons that he was potentially going to go to Houston at one time. And they have nothing. They have no player. Or they have nothing on the court right now for losing James Harden. It's embarrassing. And if it was, like, if it was any GM that had an ambitious owner, they'd be sacked tomorrow. Like, it's awful. The picks could save it. I need to actually double check what so they they've are. got. I don't know if you've got a list or whatever, but yeah. So Houston have got they got three first round picks from who? Uh, from the Nets. And yeah, what years? Because like, if they're 20... the next three, three of the next four years, where are they going to convey? Yeah, 2022, 2024, and twenty twenty six. So twenty twenty two, forget Ooh. about it. Yeah. Twenty twenty four, forget about it. <laughs> probably. Twenty twenty six, maybe. 2026, fantastic, brilliant. So five years from now, it will be worth trading for James Hart, trading James Harden away for nothing. Mm. And they've got four first-round pick swaps. 
Okay, that okay, right there. And I think they got maybe something from Cleveland for throwing them. Allen, but no, nah, man, you have to get something on the court as well. For fuck's sake, what was going on there? That it's is bad. the worst trade. This one of the worst trades ever. It's awful. It's awful. It has to be, man. It's so bad. So bad. And um, yeah, wow. And then and they're trying to do buy out for, now, um, I guess, officially lost the Wall Westbrook trade in the same season. Um, yeah. Because, you know, where are Houston and where are Washington? Um, mm. Man, that is just... And I, fe- I, fe- I felt bad for Steven Silas before <laughs> this trade today. Jeez, man. Like, it's so bad. What was your other question, Obi? Because I don't even want to think about this anymore. This is um, so bad. Before I ask it, Nee, you were talking about uh, buyout. Yeah, because um, I saw some reports that they're trying to buy out on John Wall, innit? So, um I don't know how that's going to work out because he's got a fat contract. I think it's like yeah. 40 mil. He's not in his last year, though, is he? Is. He's not, but I saw reports about them trying to work out a buyer. I don't know how that's going to work. But, how yeah. can you do that? I swear you can only buy out last year. Was, yeah. this, was, well. was this a very hopeful report? <laughs> I mean, it must have been, to be honest, because like, if you look at that contract, I don't know how you're figuring that one out, but yeah, man. No. I don't think anyone wants to take on that contract. Honestly. But um, Oladipo to Miami, I mean... I, I, that's where he wants to be. Miami have wanted him since the new year. Um, so he'll probably extend there. I don't I don't know how it fits with with what they've got already in, in Butler. They're, they strike mm. me as a little bit overlapping, but they'll be really good defensively. If Oladipo gets his, his shooting back, um, then, then that will help things. His shooting's been up and down in Houston. Mm. Um, look, he's a good player. It's a player I wouldn't have turned down for our rotation. Um, and and if you're coming into a situation where the Heat are already a very good team, then then it's it's a luxury you can afford, I guess. And again, like keep in mind, they were really banking on this Giannis situation in summer to happen, and it isn't now. So yeah. um, I guess they pivoted to their plan B, which is just stay really switchy, stay with players who want to move the ball, who can attack the rim and shoot and handle and, you know, stay versatile when you've got a lineup of Bam, um, Harrow, Oladipo, Butler. You've got a lot of guys there who can who can do all of those sort of things. So, um, so yeah, they'll be dangerous and it's a decent little move for them. And they're not done. Like, apparently, they're looking for um, Aldridge on buyout as well, which, I, <laughs> I don't know, might just add a few decent spot minutes. Maybe like five minutes, ten minutes. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and they were apparently really in the Lowry sweepstakes as well. So Oladipo might have even been Plan C, to be honest, because I think they were trying to make the Lowry thing work all day, and then when they didn't, they just um, did the Oladipo deal. So, so yeah, I mean they've come out of it pretty well, to be honest. So they didn't have to do much to get Oladipo, which is mm. not bad. What happened with with Lowry? Like, because obviously, like you said, he was linked with so many teams. Um, ends up staying. Like, was the do you think the price was too high or? Well, the, the reports are that um, Toronto and Philly were locked in about it for ages and were trying to get Maxi, Thibel, three picks, two picks. They were trying to get a massive haul mm. for a 35-year-old on 30 million who's expiring. And it's just mm. a bit like, we know that Lowry would have helped the Sixers and we know that you don't want to let him go for nothing. But are they going to re-sign him? Really? Mm. Are they? They were prepared to trade him now. So what are they going to re-sign him to and he can walk? And this this is kind of why I was at the start of the season saying Toronto should maybe just 
blow things up and pivot a little bit because Siakam, I think you could get better value on that contract. And he's now got apparent little issues with Nick Nurse. And apparently there was come to nearly come to blows and said personal stuff. Lowry was on 30 million and you could have got some nice pieces for Lowry that just mm. sort of tidied you over, which were tradable later down the line. Um, and they haven't really done either. Um, I think uh, getting rid of Norman Powers and expiring for Gary Trent Jr., I think that's quite nice. Gary Trent Jr., I think, has a, I think has another year on his rookie deal. And I think he's been really nice for Portland this year. I think he's been really good. So he, And he suits them as well. He's like a hard-working, can-get-hot-scoring. Um, In the bubble, he's crazy. Huh? Yeah. In the bubble, he was crazy. Yeah, man. And he's, he's, he's carried some good form into this year. Um, I, like, I really like that move for Toronto. So I think they've done well, again, to pick up something there. Um, and look, having Lowry is not a bad thing. Lowry is still excellent, as he showed in the playoffs last year. But, mm. yeah, just stunk of being a little bit, trying to get a little bit too much for him, maybe, for someone that could walk um, or you're signing past their 36-year-old season. I, yeah. I don't know if that's going to age too well. Um, and then who else was linked? Miami and Philadelphia. And then the Lakers were thrown in today. Um, and I think he would have been quite nice for them. Like, I'm surprised they were offering Schroeder and stuff, but I'm guessing that he just said he wants too much in the offseason. But it would have been a nice way for them to get some playmaking and good guard defense as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, think... It was Taylor Horton that they didn't want to give up the Lakers. And they didn't want to trade them. And Taylor Horton, that's why the Lakers kind of pulled yeah, out. Yeah, what, what a thing to get really? hung up on there, by the way. Yeah. I like Taylor Horton and Tucker, <laughs> but if you're already giving Schroeder and HCP away, that's a bit of, I guess it's because he's cost-controlled for a long time, maybe. But, mm. And it's that like Bron endorsement as well, because I think Bron really likes him. So well, he's rich Paul, isn't he? Oh, okay. really he's really good guy. Yeah, well, there you okay, go. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that says what it is. Um, so, speaking of the trade that you was uh, Norman Powell trade, um, Nia, I'll come to you. Yeah. Um, I think this is a trade that's kind of like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how good this will be. I feel like it will be good for Portland, but I'm not sure how good it will be for Portland. So Norman Powell's having a career year uh, yeah. at Raptors, and now he moves to Portland. Obviously, Dame's there. CJ's come back from injury. What do you see that doing to this Portland team? So look, yeah, people that support Portland probably think I'm quite harsh with them because I said before in the preseason, it's just like like whatever season for them again. And I think this move, it doesn't really move the needle that much. Um, mm. Yes, he's a better player than Gary Trent. But in terms of their size now, um, like, like we just talking about Denver and the size they added with Gordon, the size the Lakers have, the Clippers yeah. have. I mean, if they face any of those teams, I don't see how they're going like, to go up against them. Yeah. Um, I mean, like he's a good shooter, but he's, what, 6'3"? So Three, he's, yeah. not, he's not going to be playing with CJ and Dane. Um, but I guess in Toronto, um, he did play the three sometimes because I think he's got quite a big like, wingspan. I think it's like 6'11", something crazy like that. So like, um, he's played the three before with Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, but that's a sort of different backcourt because mm-hmm. like, for what they lack in height, they make up for in that bulk. And like CJ and Dame don't really have that sort of presence defensively. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just like a typical Blazers move. It? It's all a lot of offense and like, they don't really think about the defense until it's too late and then they get yeah. like script or whatever. Um, yeah, so this is kind of just like a whatever move. It doesn't really help them get to where they want to go. And I know this might seem a bit out of order because having a like career year, but um, I think they're like kind of working around the main issue here, which is CJ. Um, he's an issue in that I don't think the backcourt CJ and Dame is going to ever win them a championship. They need to kind of readjust that and rethink that. 
Interesting. Interesting. So what would you do? Oh, yeah. Move move on move CJ or move Dan? Uh well it's gotta be CJ. You can't move Dane. He's a top ten player in the league. Oh well think about okay, there yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> People, people might be making faces thinking about what do you mean move Dame? But Obi had a wry smile when he when he asked that question, um, <laughs> just to make that clear. Um, I f- but what I'm confused about is that is I think so they were in with the Gordon talks early. So Nuggets, Portland, Boston, and your Warriors apparently were involved with the Gordon talks quite yeah. early. I think Warriors were one of the first to bow out of it, and then it was Portland, and apparently the Portland. Uh, Yahoo reported that the Portland talks diminished and then it kind of left Boston in the lead before Denver thought, fuck it, we're going to offer Gary Harris. Then you look at what Portland gave away for Norman Powell. And if I'm Orlando, I don't know. Like I, I'm at least thinking about Gary Trent Jr. and mm. Rodney Hood the same way I'm thinking about Gary Harris and, and RJ Hampton, considering how little RJ Hampton has done. I know Rodney Hood's coming off an injury and isn't what he was, but Gary Trent Jr., is good. They must be really high on Gary Harris in Orlando. That's all I've got to say. Um, <laughs> because because I think that would have been a really nice move. If you then look at a Portland team of Nurkic when he's back, um, Gordon, Dame, CJ, and then and then Melo off the bench, Cantor off the bench for certain matchups. Like that would have been a lot more balanced. I I, I agree with Nee. I don't know how much uh, Powell's gonna be able to be on the floor at the same time. Great bench scorer for them. That is such a good second unit scorer. But yeah, like he, like Nee said, they ain't got the defensive nous of of a, of a Lowry to hold things together. So it's a weird one, but we'll see how it works out. Um, someone was going to get him because everyone in the league wanted his scoring off the bench. So yeah, um, yeah we'll see what Norman Powell does. But um, I don't know. I feel like it, I feel like that's a move that's going to look a lot better in the regular season than it does in the playoffs. 100%. Okay. They're going to get cooked. Yeah. Probably in the <laughs> second round. Yeah, they're going to get cooked. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to a trade that had the group chat talking, you know, getting, getting a bit lively. Um, so, the Magic traded uh, Nikola Vucevic and Amino, uh, Alfred Amino to the Chicago Bulls for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr. and two future first round picks. So, yes, how does uh, this Vucevic edition look for the Chicago Bulls. They're kind of, I think they're four, they're four games off eighth spot. I might be completely wrong with that. But I think they're a few games off um, that eighth playoff spot at the minute. So what do you think this uh, move? This is slightly, from? slightly a steal. Like, I mm. know it's two first round picks and Chicago are relatively young themselves. But Wendell Carter Jr. has been underwhelming. Yeah. And, and was a project. What's Wendell Carter Jr.? Like 20, like, Young centers are jarring, man. Um, yeah, they are. <laughs> they're just jarring. Like they're so hard to have to stick with, and it's like the. It's I think center is, is like a position where when you're young, you look fucking young. Like yeah, when man, guards come in with all their exuberance and shooting guards can come off the bench and wings can be athletic, but when you're a young center, you just look like an idiot half the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if so, if you're thinking about it, they got Wendell going out. Vooch coming in, mm. Otto Porter Jr. going out, who was almost definitely about to be bought out anyway, and probably will be bought out by the Magic, and was never on the floor recently and was always injured. So, okay, it's, it comes down to the picks. 
player-wise, Orlando got fuck all for Vucevic. I cannot believe how little they got in terms of actual players, unless they're massive on Wendell Carter Jr. building with Fultz um, and Anthony and, and their young players there. I'm like, how have they pulled this off? Like, I couldn't believe... Because if, if this is the price for it, I would have been tempted for Boston to do it because I'd argue that Boston need these picks less than the Bulls do. Like, the Bulls have 19-year-old Pat Williams, 25, I think, six-year-old Zach Levine, still relatively young, Kobe White in his second season. Um, and now, well, in theory, they had a Wendell Carter Jr., a young center. They had a really, really young team. And now you just put a 30-year-old center in that who, okay, he'll align well with Zach, I think. And him and Zach, I think, will be so dynamic if they can work a nice two-man game yeah. because the shooting from both of them is just ridiculous. Vucevic's shooting this year has been mental. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm looking at Boston a little bit and thinking, okay, there's, there's again, like, tax considerations and stuff, and you, you would have needed to move Kemba ASAP because that repeater tax would have been nasty. Uh, or Tristan Thompson or something, which you would have. But 21-23, we could have given those away, no problem, bruv. We could have mm. given them those no problem, and then we could have given two players better than Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto to be bought out. So I don't know where Danny Ainge was when this deal was being. I don't know where half the league was to be honest when this deal was being made. I don't know. It was. I think it was the first one of the first of the day. So people were still sleeping in or something on the east coast, definitely on the west coast because fuck, this is a steal, bro. Vucevic is the best offensive big after Jokic in the league this year. Um, he's been unreal. He's kept Orlando in games that they had no right to be in with all their injury problems. He's been there nearly a decade like he is a proper flagship player for them and I really don't see what they've given him away for two picks mm. two picks mad I think you've gone by MB Dev as well I was gonna say I was, oh, yeah, I, was gonna, I was thinking it yeah yeah I just I just clocked Talk, I was talking about fit players talking about um but yeah, I mean, Vucevic defensively isn't up so much in it. That's where I think I was talking more offensively. But like, he is he is ridiculous offensively, um, and I think that is the one thing you'd maybe argue is that the Bulls defensively have still been pretty bad um, and have lost a lot of close games. But then they're getting Daniel Tyson. That that, that centre rotation is automatically one of the best in the league now. How yeah. have they got a better centre rotation than the Nets and the Lakers? Please, someone tell me, because they do. It's mad. Um, and I, I swear, like, you look at the standings, the Bulls are right in the playing mix. I would not be surprised if this is a kick that they need, a jolt that they need to maybe get maybe get top six, especially with Lamelo out, especially yeah. with Atlanta bound to come down to earth at some point, um, especially with the Celtics still being crap. Like, if the Bulls finish top six, I'm not going to be shocked after this trade because I think he adds that much offensively. And Daniel Tice is a really savvy move as well. Um, that's that is deal of the day. It has to be. It has to be. No, no franchise has had their hopes and sort of aspirations switched by a trade as much as this one today. Me, nee, uh, just want to quickly want to get your thoughts on the trade firstly, um, and like for what it means for the Bulls. And secondly, for the Magic, obviously it looks like they're like completely rebuilding now to try and do something new because they've been crap for years. Yeah. Um, do you think they got enough for um, for Vucevic? One, obviously, Yas thinks they don't. They didn't, sorry. Um, and two, like, what do you think about 
them just kind of like pack, <laughs> packing it in and deciding to uh, <laughs> to take it to basically get rid of everybody who's worth a damn. Um, so I don't think the magic. Um, I don't think they got enough of Vucevic. And to be honest, I'm not really too sure what the aim is here or who mm. they really got in their roster. I mean, it's not really a team I pay close attention to. Um, so I'm not going to lie here and say or like try and find some interest in them. I'm not too sure what they're trying to achieve here. But maybe they'll work something out with the picks and like maybe that's some of the young players that they invested in. They've got, um, they've, got, they they've, got they've got folks who what? looked good Fultz, but not great. Yeah. They've got, they've got Isaac. Isaac who looked like uh-huh. he's a good player. I like him. Great. And then fucked yeah. his ACL. And then they've got Cole Anthony who looked decent. Yeah, he looks decent at best. Yeah. But two picks on top of those three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, they managed to keep Terence Ross at least, but fuck, man. Did you give them a pick for um? Did you give them a pick for Fournier? I can't remember. We gave them two second rounders. Oh, okay. So, so substantial. I mean, brilliant. You know, <laughs> great. <laughs> I mean, you can package them in a deal, but they're not getting back players that are going to be replacing anything close to this, man. Mm. Like, I would have, I would have really held out for like a third first, or, or something better from the Bulls, man. Like. Yeah, man, it's a bit spooky for the magic. I'm not too sure what they were doing here. But Even to be like honest, Kobe White or something that then you yeah, could call yeah, Anthony yeah, or just yeah, I can't believe they've pulled this off. Um, yeah, wow. And then to get Tyus for nothing as well, for like they didn't even have to give up anything for Tyus. We got Wagner via them from Washington. Um, so they're <laughs> sick for them. Like I'm buzzing for. I'm, like I said on a few pods ago, 90s are back. I love it when the Bulls and the Knicks are good. Like they're just two franchises I like to see doing well. I would much rather see them near the top of playoffs spots than than a lot of franchises. But um, mm. but I can't believe they've pulled this off. This probably makes the Bulls like a I'm like a league pass team now, to be honest. Because I'm that two man game between Levine and Vucevic, outside of Jokic and Amari, like especially when they really get it going, mm. it's probably it's probably gonna be like the most exciting two man game. Mm. Like like the sort of combinations they can put together and pick and pop. Vucevic can roll. Um, like he's he's a good passer as well outside of the post. So the Bulls are gonna be good to watch. And like they got some decent shooting there with um Laurie Markin in there as well. I'm not too sure why he's still there or what they're trying to achieve with that <laughs> as well. I thought no, because that to be honest, like with him there and um he might leave in the summer as well, um because he's a free agent. Mm. I, I'm not too sure that lineup with him. And Vucevic at the four and five is going to be too good offense um, and defensively. Mm. Um, so. I think they probably just couldn't find a buyer, you know. And keep in yeah. mind, like if he signs, if Markkinen signs a budget deal in the summer, they still have the rights to match and then get something. So he, he same with Lonzo, like they if they were, it's not like an unrestricted where you have to take a shit a deal like a Tice or or a Norman Powell or whatever. Like they they still have a lot of. Um, uh, leverage on that. I don't expect him to be there long, long term, man. And this is a good move from the Bulls, man. Like, I'm, I'm happy to see teams that maybe are on the fringe and don't particularly show signs of being like a superstar team in temp- like soon. But um, it's good to see teams that are trying to be competitive. Mm. Um, and this is a pretty, pretty bold move for the Bulls, isn't it? If they got Lonzo, I would have been fully in. Been yeah, fully same. In to but to be, to be happy, um, I'm happy that Lonzo didn't go there. I'd rather him stay at the Pelicans, and I don't think the Pelicans should move on so at all. That's what I was uh, expecting. I was expecting Pelicans. I was expecting them to sweeten up Markin then with 
two picks, two first rounders that are a bit protected for Lonzo or something because the Pelicans mm. Pelicans are second to OKC in loving picks. So I thought they <laughs> maybe try to get that done, but clearly not. Okay. Uh, so speaking of picks, um, we can talk about the trade um, that the 76ers did with the Thunder and the Knicks. So the 76ers traded uh, Tony Bradley and Terrence Ferguson and two future first round picks to OKC for George Hill. Um, and there's a three-way trade which included the Knicks. The Knicks get Ferguson and they send Iggy Brasdakis, sorry, to the 76ers. Um, and Austin Rivers has gone to the to OKC. Um, and the second round picks that the Sixers are sending to the Thunder are in 2025 and 2026. Um, so, yeah, as we spoke a minute ago about um, Philly, obviously they were looking for Kyle, looking at Kyle Lowry as a point guard. Now they've got in George Hill. Um, how do you see that in terms of like, you know, the substitute, I suppose. Is that, is that a decent move for them? Like, does that help them really in the playoffs? Like, I don't think it adds a lot, but all of a sudden they've just got, like, the thing is with Philadelphia, they've, this is my first time talking on them in a little while. They've um, surprised me at how good they've stayed defensively without Embiid. Um, some may argue that means that Embiid is, Less valuable, you know. I, I don't know. Let's argue. Let's argue. Actually, no, 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 no. I'm joking, but, but they didn't really. I thought they. I thought they'd fall, um, fall out of form without Embiid, and they haven't. Tobias Harris has taken the offensive load, and um, Danny Green stepped up, and um, who was told to expect a trade today by his agent apparently, but hasn't moved anything. Um, <laughs> and then Ben Simmons has, has been really good too. So I think George Hill is just a nice, low cost, low risk guy who's just going to be experienced he's a good size he can pick up guards he can still defend at his age um reliable spot up shooter when you need him to be um again i think that's just another really sensible move um from maury and the front office there like for all the lowry love imagine they get him and he just doesn't want to stay in the summer or they get him and they had to give up Tyrese Maxey or someone who I really like like that. Um, George Hill, I think you you get maybe 70%, 60% of what you get from a 35, 36-year-old Lowry for like 10% of the cost. So I think it was just um, just sensible, really. And I think it just, again, solidifies their bench really nicely. That's fair. Nick, any thoughts on the trade? Um, and this was actually one of my favorite moves today, actually, outside of the Nuggets trade and the uh, and the Bulls trade. Because I remember that like, me and Yaz spoke about on the previous podcast when they played Utah and they lost. Um, that the Sixers are really missing um, like a guard who can score. Um, he's not quite that sort of guard where he's like a dynamic scorer. He can like heat up and come off the bench and like get to the hole and stuff. But on what he is is a really good three point shooter. I think um, last season with the Bucks, it was over like fifty percent. He was shooting from the three, um, and like you can't, and you can't really put a price on people who can bring that playoff experience, which I think will help the Sixers, especially the second unit as well, um, because they've got Fireball and they've got Maxi, and that's good. Um, they've got some good young players there, but in terms of like scoring, that second unit really does struggle. And if Shake isn't um, like having a really good game offensively as well, things are coming like really dry for the Sixers. So it's good to have someone that can handle the ball and kind of like sort of like I'm running plays um, and get Maxi to his spot. Um, he's a pretty, he's got a pretty decent jump shot and he gets to the rim pretty well. Um, so I think it's actually a really good move for the Sixers and it allows maybe if they bring him in with Ben Simmons, if they ever land on together, he can kind of be off ball 
and I start to do some things there as well. So I think this is a pretty shrewd pickup for the Sixers actually, and I and I think I liken their chances more of getting out of the East. Like I wouldn't say um, they're like the number one pick now, but I think they're going to be a really good playoff team. Mm. Okay. Um, just quickly talk about the about OKC. Um, so they've got Austin Rivers from the Knicks now. He hadn't played in ages, so I suspect that move was they were thinking about moving him for a while. Um, they've got over the next seven years, they have seventeen <laughs> first round picks and seventeen second round picks. Um, do either of you? Is there a have we gotten to a point now where you think like it's not too much, but like you've got so many picks, like what are you are you actually going to do something with them? I don't know. I just feel like they've got so many now. If they you, might end up I think them. I think it is mad, but like if you so I spoke last week or week before on Shea Gilgis Alexander and Lou Dort. Love mm-hmm. them as a two. Mm-hmm. Then let's say they because there's a potential they could have two top 10 picks this year mm. um, if Houston's falls out of the top three or whatever. So then let's say they add a certain talent to that now and a, a a really good talent now. And then you still have, what, 15 first-round picks and all these second-round picks. We've just talked about um, Vucevic has been got for two picks. And yeah. I, fi- I think the Celtics would have got um, Gordon over the line if they'd offered two first round picks instead of just the one that um, Denver offered but then the Celtics don't have a war chest anymore the Celtics only have 21, 22, 20 they only have their own picks mm. if you have that many picks you can, t- you can blow pretty much any offer out of the water um, when the time comes and I think it's just going to be about them waiting for the right moment to, to like mm. anyone like let's say like a Bradley Bill not Bradley Bill because by the time Shea and Dort and and this year's draft pick will be ready to compete he'll be too old or whatever but like Drew Holiday went for three first round picks so if you want to go for someone like Bradley Bill or even in like five years if you want to go for someone like Zion and you can offer five first round picks to a team that are looking to to rebuild you are blowing every offer out of the water so yeah. It is ridiculous. Like, it is actually stupid. It's so dumb. But, <laughs> like, you, you can't fuck up when you have this many. And this is the other thing is, like, um, people talk about Danny Ainge's war chest and stuff, and, like, some of them did really well. But then where Danny Ainge's one fell apart was having two 14 picks in consecutive years when a lot of people expected them to be sort of top 10, top 8, mm. which changes massively because you go from Romeo Langford to Tyler Hero and... Aaron Neesmith, Tyrese Halliburton, and all of a sudden things look very different, right? Um, But these ones, I don't even know what the protections are on them, but I haven't heard of too many protections on a lot of them. So at least some of them are going to be unprotected. And yeah, it's it's mad. But I just feel like they are just waiting for the right person to become available and then just they will get them. They will have no rival suitor at all with that many picks in in a deal. Isn't it crazy how like... (laughs) Or what the OKC turned was it Chris Paul, Paul George, um, and Russell Westbrook trades into compared to what the Rockets turned? <laughs> like what is going on there? Like they got what they got Shea out of uh, they got Shea out of uh, the Paul George was Paul it? George, and that would have been like oh, yeah. if you if you look at that on the face of it now, that would have been a decent little deal without all these picks as well. Mm. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. Uh, so moving on to one of the slightly smaller deals that probably not many people care about, but um, the Mavericks have acquired uh, JJ Redick and Nico Nicolo Mello from the Pelicans. Um, I suppose the Mavericks now have a shooter that can, I suppose, they replace Seth Curry from last year. Um, Nee, is there any? Do you have any strong feelings about this trade at all, or like, does this make? The Mavericks, any it's more. just another whatever move in it. I mean, yeah. um, JJ Reddick, he was he's not even shooting particularly well this year, no. Um, and then they've got um, Nicola Melli, and um, they love the European big that can shoot from outside. Um, to be honest, it doesn't really do much for the Mavs, it, it'll probably be like a first round exit again. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe if they get up and they face the Portland, um, that like maybe they can, I don't know, and get a win there, but it doesn't really do much for me, to be honest. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Any thoughts, Yas? Echoing it, man. Like he's mm. thirty-six, and he looks like his legs are a little bit gone, and he's been a bit injured. And if he can shoot like JJ Reddick's meant to shoot, then fantastic off the bench. But I don't know if he will be able to. So I think it, again, it's just like let's see what happens with it. I think that's for the Dallas. They're like, hey, if we if he can hit the heights, great. If he can't, we're still doing pretty well anyway. Um, mm. Let's see what happens. But he wanted to move home. So yeah, apparently moved back to like the northeast, like near Philadelphia, New York, where he lives in Brooklyn. Um, and the poor guy's gone further west to Dallas from New Orleans. So uh, bad buzz for that one. But um, he's a free agent in the summer anyway, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, pivoting from that. Um, so I want to ask the pair of you. Um, we've gone kind of through the most of the trades, most of the the trades that anybody cares about, anyways. Um, so now I'd like to ask, uh, Neil, I'll start with you. I'll ask you first, are there any teams, you can include your Golden State in this if you like or mm-hmm. not, are there any teams that you think should have made certain moves and didn't? Um, and who in, are there any like big ones in particular? Obviously, you could talk about maybe the Lakers, you know, not getting some of the pieces that they might need. Is there anything, any teams in particular you feel strongly about that, that maybe they should have done more in this before the deadline? Um, so just to touch on the Warriors, like, I'm really quickly. Um, I'm pretty happy with what we've done. We've, like, stood packed, sort of. There was no move out there, um, especially if the Aaron Gordon and all the deeper trades weren't available with what we were going to offer. Um, that would have made us that much better that we would have done something great in the playoffs. It would have been second round at best. Um, so we might as well just, I don't know, just, like, unsure where we are and see what, see what we'll do next year. Mm-hmm. In terms of teams that should have made moves but didn't, um... And the Clippers move, it's a good move for them because I think Ronald's going to help them in the playoffs, but I can't help but be a little underwhelmed that they weren't able to get a better point guard. Yeah. Um, like, and when you hear those Lonzo rumours, you look at it and you think that's a great fit. Like, that, that'd, be, that'd be perfect for the Clippers. But um, that move doesn't really do much to help them. I mean, the playoffs, I still think they lose to the Lakers. And, and even if they got to the finals, I think the Nets would probably beat them in that five games to be honest like because of the matchups so i think the clippers they've been a bit underwhelming um in the free well in this trade and just in general this year so i think they could have done a bit more uh yes do you have any similar thoughts either about the clippers or maybe about another team who you feel like should have done more business before the deadline yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough for the Clippers. Um, I've already said my thoughts on them. There's just something not right there. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, an intensity that's not there or a chemistry thing that's not there, but 
they play very, very nice kind of hollow basketball that I don't think is going to win. Um, mm. But it's basically, but um, yeah, I think Denver, I think that's a, I think Gordon's a great fit for them. Like it's, Aaron Gordon's not the biggest needle mover in the world, but I think he's just a lot of what Denver could have done with. Mm. So I think that's a nice move. And I just can't get over this fucking balls move, bruv. <laughs> How have they got Nikola Vukovic, Vucevic for sound like per, Perkins there? How have they got Nikola Vucevic for two first round picks? I can't. Yeah, and and that literally like he is so good um, this year, especially like and and again like he can play another two three years at this level surely. So I think it's just mm. I'm really excited to see what him and Levine do. Um, Boston kind of stood pat, but then I guess look, Boston. I think that's a nice move if if he resigns and they move Kemba. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that uh, it's not really something they didn't do, but it's a shame the Lamelo injury because I feel like Charlotte might have been as aggressive at trying to do a real playoff push this year as mm-hmm. Chicago if they had if they were more certain that Lamelo was coming back. So I had Daniel Tice as like a really good fit there, to be honest. Um, that one, that one is a bit, a bit upsetting. Cause I think, I think they would have added something to the playoffs, but then Chicago can easily fill that void. Can't get over how bad the, the Rockets season has gone. That must be one of the worst seasons <laughs> ever Terrible. Uh, in every aspect on the court and off it. Just like that is, that is so, so sad. Um, and I, I, slightly, I think people are sleeping on how much better Miami have got. Um, Bielitsa is going to sort of take that kind of big shooting spot from Kelly Olenek, not as a pure five, but in terms of personnel, like Bielitsa is a more consistent shooter than Kelly Olenek. Um, and I think he'll fit into the sort of their flowing offense really well. They've wanted Victor Oladipo apparently for a year, so they must have a very good plan of how to use him. And if they can get him playing and buying in because he is apparently where he wants to be, I think that could be a really, really nice move. So I think Miami, I think Denver got better, but I think like no one should be more impressed than Chicago Bulls fans today. Like that's just such a massive, massive yeah, move. Agree, mm. um, and it shows Levine they're serious as well because yeah, um, he's been having the season of his life there as well. Uh, Lonzo would have been sort of cherry on the cake for them, but to just come out of nowhere and get an all-star for nothing, two picks mm. and nothing um, is, is massive. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's me really. Fair enough. Uh, just a quick question. I'm kind of surprised that yeah. no one made a move for Miles Turner, by the way. Um, Cause you know, he's kind no of available. In the summer. Fair, bruv. Why do people listen? Why do people overrate Miles Turner so much? I, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's not even so much about like, like look, eighteen million dollars a year, yeah, for a few blocks and threes. Like he if you yeah. actually, he gets burned by everyone quick and he gets bullied by everyone big. So everyone, everyone always, I need to put this myth to bed as well. Everyone's always like, <laughs> could have had Miles Turner, but you took the trade exception, <laughs> Danny Ainge. Bro, firstly. Gordon Hayward got offered more money to go somewhere else. Secondly, there's a reason that Indiana were like, no, the trade has to involve Miles Turner. We want his contract <laughs> gone. There is also a reason Danny Ainge went round apparently around the league and said, look, if I am getting Miles Turner, if it doesn't work out in a year, can I flip him? 
and he got told no by everyone because no one needs an 18 million center. He's not mm. like stretchy like a Zion stretchy where he can just get it and bundle to the to the basket from 20 meters out. Like he he's he's good. He's fine. If he was on nine or ten million, it would be a very 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 different story. But in a in an era where we don't know where the cap's going to be in a few years because of COVID and there's all these tax concerns for contending teams, um, I just think he earns way too much money, man. And if you look at the people who are linked with him, Hornets would have been cool. I won't lie on that one. They've been linked yeah. with him. That would have been cool. The Knicks were linked. I mean, there's just no yeah. point of that at all. Mm. Um, and who, there was another interesting one. I'm just going down it. The Knicks... Uh, and the Pelicans were linked. And I guess like the Pelicans, you've already got Adams on a shit contract. You might as well try and get <laughs> get Turner in so he can at least shoot a little bit. So I get you that there was some interest. There's, there's fits that work, but he's not an easy deal to pull off with the money that he's making, man. Sorry, I really shit that? on your parade there, Nee. Yeah, you want to defend that, Nee? No, look, yeah, to be honest, yeah, I'm not really going to argue with that point. Like maybe he's a bit of a prize spot for teams that, are trying to get over that hump or like make that last sort of push and add that last piece. Um, he would have been a good pickup for a couple of contending teams, to be honest. Like maybe, but they can't. The problem is them. if they can afford him or not. If you're contending, that means you've got your money locked into like an AD, LeBron, a Harden, KD. Like I can't think of any contending team who have cap space like that. I think the most interesting one would have been a Charlotte. Charlotte would have been cool because Zella is Zella and Biombo are just both so flawed in their own way. Um, and Lamelo. I actually mind Cody Zello, by the way. I, huh? I think it's okay. I actually don't mind Cody Zello. No, I like him. I like you tried to, to trade me in my fantasy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Zello to watch. Like he he, he play makes a little bit, and you know he's cool. But he, like defensively, he's just he's like slow, yeah. and you know. And I think him and then Biombo's got like no hands, and and he's he is terrible. Like awful player, both flawed. And I think that would have been cool in that you've got Lamelo still on his rookie deal. You've got. Um, Rosier only earning like 18, I think. Like, I think they could have probably made that work, Charlotte. But Charlotte's the only one I really saw as a fit. And again, unfortunately, they probably just said like, yeah, we're going to chill for now because what's the point without Lamelo coming yeah. up and giving us that um, boost? But he's just too much for contenders. That's the problem. Like, if you've got you, you, mm. the, one, the position you don't want your money tied into is centre, unless it's Embiid, Jokic, like, look, I guarantee you the Suns are going to get funny when they have to pay Aiden. There's no way they're going to pay that guy the same way that... Yeah, he's not worth the pay. money. He's probably correct, um, yeah. Fucking Kings are trying to move Bagley. They tried to move Bagley for Sadiq Bay this week. Like, <sighs> I think that's, that's the problem Miles Turner has in that he's good, but you, you kind of sign yourself into purgatory a little bit for the money sometimes. It's like, same as Al Horford. Everyone would love Al Horford. No one wants Al Horford. Yeah, no, he's million. not worth a contract. Yeah, yeah, no way. I think that's the problem. Just quickly, last point before we round this episode up. Um, are either you surprised that the Lakers didn't do more moves? There were so many rumours about them maybe trying to get point guards, trying to get big. Um, obviously, they got the buyout market to get Andre Drummond still, but are either you surprised with the lack of movement in their squad? Yeah, I am, you know. I think um, I, I slyly, I kind of had them down to look at Norman Powell. Mm. Um, I thought Norman Powell would have been a really cool fit there. KCP, I don't think he's going to recreate what he did last year. Um, Wes Matthews has had a few decent games, and some people still think his defense is really good. I'm not sure no, it's not. it is. Um, I just see him following people around screens and not really affecting play that much when I watch them. Um, 
Kuzma's fine. I guess Kuzma's maybe the reason they didn't go for a Norman Powell, but I thought um, Kuzma would have been... Um, I, sorry, I thought... Um, don't answer texts on a podcast, guys. Um, I thought Norman <laughs> Powell would have been like a cool little sneaky low-cost move for them, but uh, clearly not. And I guess they, had, they might have kicked the wheels and then seen that um, Portland had a good offer. But yeah, I would have liked some scoring maybe for the Lakers because when... They're going to need some shooting and they're going to need some scoring. They probably will. I think it sounds like they're going to get Drummond on the um, buyout market. And again, like if you're going to get Drummond on the buyout market, maybe try and get something back for Harold. You know, I don't know. I think mm. I'm surprised they did pretty much nothing. Um, and I think I think they might regret that because I, I, I'm as anyone who's listening knows, I'm not huge on the Lakers this year. Leave them on. And they were offering Schroeder out, so it kind of sounds like. He's not in their plans beyond this season if they're offering him out for Lowry. So that's probably asking too much money. He's probably asking for like twenty five million. That can be the only reason that he's like, yeah, I'm six, I'm six man of the year runner up last year. 25, guys. I want imagine money. him asking for twenty five mil. This is why when people when we were asked, sorry, just a quick uh, on the Discord, people arguing about John Collins wanting max money or thirty million a year, and people were saying, oh, he's not worth it. If so take these off. If someone like Dennis Schroeder can ask for 25 million, then John Collins for sure can ask for 30 million. That's all I was, I was yeah, saying. man. Like, he's another one. He'll just find himself in purgatory on a shit team. But then people have different priorities, innit? But what's, I'm, I'm just going to quickly try and check. What's he even on now, Schroeder? He is on. He is on. So he's already on 15. So he's clearly going to ask for something like 23, 25. If they're offering him away, they've, you, you have, you do your due diligence in it. You have those chats and they're like, Dennis, what would you like? And he's obviously said a stupid number if he's genuinely being offered out. So. Okay. Uh, unless anyone has any other, any other thing, trades they want to shout about. Um, I've got some good news. I've just seen it confirmed. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Myers Leonard got waived. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. It's the best news of the day. You love to see it. What a clown. (laughs) Okay, and on that good note, we'll end this episode. So, Yas, Ni, thank you both for coming on. Love, mate. No problem. Been good. Um, Thank you to all those listening. Um, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Courtside Frackers. Um, We also have a Patreon if you want to sign up to that. Um, We have some extra content. And yeah, so we'll catch you next time. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.